bums. Why don't you get a job? And hey, get off my lawn! Hello, friends. Welcome into uh, this edition of Fusebox number 115, musically entitled Intermezzo. And uh, I'll... You uh, will, of course, explain... Oh, oh, (laughs) most assuredly I will, Mr. Keynes, most assuredly I will. Um, I will also tell you that I'm your thinking in a minor key, but playing in a major key host, Mark Rose. And <laughs> you like that one, did you? Yeah, you got me on that one. <laughs> Score one for me. Okay, over there, uh, amidst the uh, flashing knobs and blinking bells, is the Archbishop of Amplitude himself, Milt Keynes, everybody. Thank you, Kindly. So yeah, you know, I, I, I gotta know what this uh, what this title is all about, man. I, I thought it was some kind of fancy pizza or something. <laughs> well, no, it, it, uh, it, it might have been known from uh, time to time to be uh, filled with cheese. But that's a pangolin of an entirely different color. I think. No, dear friends, uh, for those not keen with some musical terminology, an intermezzo is a... Uh, piece or perhaps even pieces of music that bridge between larger works. For instance, uh, you have a great big symphonic intro and then maybe followed by a very large thematic section. And then after the bombs and flamingos leave the orchestra pit, a uh, dainty little number is placed uh, afterwards to get you ready for the next big, huge, epic thematic thing. Is uh, the dainty number named Bridget? Or maybe Candace? Uh, maybe. Uh, more often than not, it's just a quiet interlude before the uh, next onslaught of uh, thematic brilliance. Okay. So this figures how? W- well, I, um, I was pondering this uh, very idea, actually, the other day. and uh, Naturally. <laughs> well, that and uh, do flamingos have eyelashes? And it dawned on me like a flash from the heavens. That in a way, uh, we find ourselves uh, between two large events right now. And uh, are are in kind of the uh, intermezzo part of this transition. Uh, Can you be more vague? Of course. Venus flytrap. Oh, yeah, now I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually... What I'm trying to say is, um, with the course of events of late, particularly the uh, political ones, we've seen, you know, the big intro of events, and uh, we certainly have a pretty good idea of where they could go. But uh, at present, we're in the middle of this transition, the uh, intermezzo part of the process. See... What I know, and uh, what the folks out there probably don't know, is that uh, you actually do think of stuff like that. Doesn't everybody? Yeah, no. 
How unfortunate for them. So, do they? Okay, now you're being cryptic. No, do flamingos have eyelashes? (laughs) You know what? I actually never found out. (laughs) No, um, I was... uh... They probably do have gills, though, right? (laughs) Well, now, you you see... That's an interesting notion. I'll put that uh, on the search list, right under Do Rock Sing When No One Is Watching. Oh, no, no, I can answer that one. Oh, do tell. Yeah, answer is uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. I'm just doing my part here. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you are. Friends, uh, we, uh, we have a fun show in store. We have a wonderfully odd and somewhat comforting piece and a sort of odd and yet wonderfully comfortable way from uh, Jody Lorimer called Small Town American News. And we also have a visit with the dentist on tap. Saw what you did there. It's going to be one of those shows, isn't it? Can't stop it now. (laughs) Yeah, way too late to get off this train. Be back with abundant frivolity and much, much less after this humble reset. We've secretly replaced Carl Sturley's morning coffee with sodium monofluoroacetate. Let's watch. You know, that tastes a little The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com So, my uh, longtime collaborator from the old uh, radio series days, Dry Smoke and Whispers, by name, Gerald McQuinn, found this gem and uh, thought it was refreshing, and by golly, it is. You know... (laughs) You know... (laughs) (laughs) You know... I don't know about you folks, but uh, I have been guilty a time or nine of uh, taking a a glance askance, uh, a woefully dim view, perhaps even an irritated and uh, acidic rumbling towards the behavior patterns of what is uh, commonly referred to uh, these days as the millennials. Oh, hell, we got about 2,000 reasons, yeah? Yes, perhaps we mayn't. But uh, in an article that uh, Gerald sent along here, written brilliantly by Teresa Mull, who by coincidence is one of the aforementioned millennials herself, she uh, does a remarkably tight treatise on uh, why that is. Because they have stupid hair. <laughs> You're a really bad influence on me. No, really. (laughs) Uh, Teresa explains that it's widely held that uh, this uh, generation, often called uh, Generation Me, can uh, place its blame for being rather, uh, quoting business insider here, infamously narcissistic, entitled, lazy, and arrogant, is because... Of their parents. <gasps> yes. She posits that youth is a time to test the boundaries of your new life, do things that would uh, make your parents cringe, or at the very least, shake their collective heads. 
doing things that would make uh, great stories to tell your grandchildren. But she says, and uh, quoting here now, millennials aren't doing these things. And we're not much for starting families either. We aren't very adventuresome, particularly quirky, exciting, or excitable. Research shows we do far less drinking and fewer drugs than previous generations, and we aren't having as much sex. Either that, or we've finally figured out how to lie to pollsters. And uh, she continues, Giving millennials the benefit of the doubt. It's great that we're not harming our bodies and souls with substances and immoral behavior. But if we're not partying, sowing our wild oats, being angsty and rebellious, and uh, learning valuable lessons from our own dumb mistakes, what are we doing? Millennials are busy obsessively trying to impress others with their pseudo-enviable lives through filtered and photoshopped images on social media. Life, then, becomes a never-ending search for validation by one's peers, or virtual peers, anyway. She has a really good point there. Because, (laughs) and it's not that their validation is unique to them. Validation has been going back for as long as there's been people walking around. But, as we know, it's impossible to quench. There will always be uh, the next thing, the next higher level of uh, shenanigans because someone in the social media circus out there is always blowing their horn about some cat picture yeah that and uh, maybe a tuna melt they just made in the glove box of their 77 amc pacer you know what i mean (laughs) nice (laughs) (laughs) teresa points out that uh quoting now millennials were raised by baby boomers Helicopter parenting came into vogue while we were kids. Small families, too, became the norm. And there was a dearth of siblings to keep the others from thinking too much of themselves. While we were smothered with attention and oversight, our every move uncomfortably monitored, we were at the same time neither sufficiently disciplined nor held to enough of a standard. Our parents created Generation me, by constantly telling us how great we were. Everyone was a winner. Everyone got a trophy. Nothing, save competition, was ever off limits. Saving sex for marriage, giving your child a normal name, staying married, and other traditional moral principles had been completely unwound from the pillar that holds a Christian society together by the time millennials came along. She also says that uh, any radical or uh, philosophical notions dealing with uh, this here human existence, uh, you know, like those written by Hemingway or uh, Fitzgerald or Edward Abbey or Tom Wolfe and uh, the like, isn't even vaguely alluded to (laughs) by today's, quote, artists, her quote. (laughs) Although it'd be my quote, too, I'm just saying. Millennials have managed to take the attitude towards life and snuff it into a whiny little expression that isn't even really a word so much as a sound a baby would make. Meh. (laughs) With Generation Me, or meh, there is no longer argument. 
We simply exchange emotional reactions summed up by platitudes, quoting, You're sexist! You're racist! Thus, America's youth have replaced beliefs and arguments with attitudes. And instead of philosophers, we need psychologists. Millennials are reportedly also facing a mental health crisis. When nothing is right, nothing is wrong, nor is anything good or bad. Nihilism, for one thing, is incredibly boring. But a lack of purpose and meaning in life also leads to loneliness, emptiness, and depression. We grasp at anything. Then, even the most superficial fluff, such as selfies, to fill the void and give ourselves a sense of worth. And then her final comment here, a final word to my fellow millennials who wish we weren't, and you other generations who hate millennials, take comfort in the fact that the nonsense we produce is destined to be lost forever in the intangible world of cyberspace. And the children we produce will, with any luck, rebel against their parents. <laughs> Teresa Mall is a writer living in Teton Valley, Idaho, and very, very well done. Oh, man, she's in Idaho? Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and bravo to Miss Mull. Well put. And, and sadly, uh, all too true for the most part. Now, not everyone in that uh, generational camp may uh, suffer from those unfortunate maladies, but uh, as we know, many do. And I know it's un unfair to make uh, generational comparisons, but uh, the one thing that I noticed in uh, many of the folks coming up was a, um, <laughs> a complete lack of interest in the history of anything that they themselves might even be involved in. You know, I mean, if you look, if you're into filmmaking or, or music or anything like the arts of any kind, anything, wouldn't it be a grand idea? to see what the folks have been uh, doing before you were uh, plopped out into this time-space adventure? <laughs> it sure was to me, and I had to go back into the, you know, world book encyclopedia. Yeah, and it's like a click away. Everything is out there. Exactly. There's really no excuse to uh, not visit the history of a subject you're interested in. I mean, you don't even have to leave the couch. Or the backseat of your 77 Pacer. Exactly, or the backseat of your 77 Pacer. I, I don't know. It just seems like this uh, uh, rather vapid generational thing has some uh, roots in logic after all. I mean, the society we currently inhabit is uh, clearly different than uh, <laughs> certainly my generation. Hell, that was uh, back before the invention of dirt, right? Yes, that's right. They were still trying to build houses out of quinoa back then, you know? But then, of course, the Clamosaurs showed up and... And the oysterettes. I see what we did there. <laughs> <laughs> Getting giddy in here. So, in a flash, uh, we'll have some small-town American news for you. But first, it's time for another grand and glorious American tradition. Yes, the visit to the dentist. Somewhere in America, Sister Mary Margaret of Our Holy Lady of St. Bernard 
regrets her decision to get a root canal from Dr. Dave Tourette's dentist. Oh, you have lovely gums, Sister Mary Margaret. Very nice indeed. Mm. Are you flossing regularly, sister? Rinse, please. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Very good. Mm-hmm. Beautiful gums. Number four, periosteal, please. And how are you coming along with the new roof for the orphanage, sister? Scraper. Well, we hope to have the new roof by the end of summer, God willing. Oh, that's wonderful news, sister. Wonderful. The uh, Blumenthal. Thank you. Yes, wonderful news. Very happy to hear that. The little tykes have been through so much. What with cock, ass, whore! Eating cold gruel for dinner and fuck, ass! No mommies or daddies to love. Shit, fuck! My goodness, just beautiful gums. Rinse, please. Cock, ass, whore! Thank you. Well, I think that should do it, sister. Oh, and don't you worry. The Novocaine will wear off in an hour or so. Then you'll be able to speak clearly and continue your good work. God bless you, sister. Enjoy the rest of your day. Mm. Gorgeous gums. All done. We'll just get everything out of your mouth here. Oh, and would you like a red or blue toothbrush, sister? Mm. Mm. A blue one, please. Fuck! Ass! Cock! Whore! Fuck! Whore! You have just been somewhere in America. speaks his mind, you know? Yes, the always interesting Dr. Dave. I know, you can see it coming, but you want it to. Just the same, don't you? A frequent collaborator with us on Fusebox is uh, Jody Lorimer, and uh, she always chips in with some glorious offering and has a real treat here based on fact, folks. And uh, maybe, just maybe, a tonic for these uh, bombastic times we live in. All puns intended. Does the nightly news make you want to eat Tide Pods? If unrelenting talk of walls, wild-eyed brown people coming over walls, horrific tornadoes, melting ice caps, and eminent earthquakes have you cringing in a dark corner, then it's time to visit Small Town America News, where not much happens. It may not be Mayberry, but it's as close as we can get to staying sort of informed without wanting to throw ourselves from a high bridge onto a Freeway at rush hour. Welcome to News of Record from remote corners of California. 
8.24 a.m., a person in Angel's Camp walked on the white line of Highway 49. a.m. A man with no shirt rolled in the grass and screamed behind an old Wards Ferry Road business. 6.19 p.m. A vehicle drove back and forth on Quartz Avenue. 7.30 a.m. A person believed someone was on a Coyote Drive property with flashlights, but it was determined to be a stationary light on a building. 10.22 a.m. Someone went into a South Washington Street business and lit a chair on fire. 3.26 p.m. A man opened doors to businesses on Mono Way. Yelled inside, then walked away. 8.58 p.m. A white diesel pickup truck revved its engine and honked on South Washington Street. 9.08 a.m. A young woman walked on Willow Street and Fifth Avenue and was talking to herself. 2.15 p.m. A person at a home on Phoenix Lake Road dropped his phone between two couches. He was having trouble retrieving it because it was lodged in a track. 2.29 p.m. A person believed that a South Shepherd Street resident who was moving out set open bottles of liquor on their porch for people to take. My neighbors across the street are moving out. But I doubt they will be as neighborly as this guy. Trivial and annoying, these reports spark wonderment at the peculiar local residents and the patience of the police. But not Tide Pod ingestion worthy. So relax and rejoice that the most someone somewhere out there in this great land of ours has to worry about is some bonehead who lost his phone in a couch. Sanity is relative. a delight. Thanks to Jody for uh, tapping the wire on these nuggets. You can't invent some of this stuff, friends. You truly can. We've tried! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and it just doesn't fly. But uh, with that and uh, those things over there, <laughs> we'll call it a show and uh, sling our intermezzos over our shoulders and uh, crash down three or four flights of stairs, but not before thanking our wondrously ebullient cohorts in uh, audio chaos, Aaron Lane, Jody Lorimer, and Jeff Pollard for making this edition of Fusebox most musical in a sort of totally not musical way at all. And thanks as well to the always capable but never handy Milt Keynes for technical assistance and stuff. Pleasure as always, amigo. Thanks as well to you, friends, for tirelessly pushing play on this edition of the show. And may I ever so gently urge you to subscribe, if you have not already done so. Hmm? It makes uh, finding this program uh, effortless. Uh, You will enjoy 
a truly slack-rich delivery system, free of any involvement of your own. And isn't that what we all truly want? To be free of any involvement? <laughs> and rich in slack. I have been your wondering what it sounds like to blow into the other end of a tuba host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon.